Hello everyone, this is Opposing the Matrix. Dave here doing a solo show. It is uh, the 31st of July uh, 2020. 2020. Um, I decided to do this solo show uh, because I'm going to be home tomorrow. <laughs> um, a few weeks ago, I uh, started having some signs and symptoms of what I thought was COVID. And I course went and got a test and it said that it was negative however there are false negatives in that test um and i was cautious you know my my wife never came down with anything like it and we live together and sleep together for goodness sake so um it proves to me that you know i didn't have it but uh one thing that i did develop out of it well, a lot of things but uh, lately has been shortness of breath, and I'm wondering if that's COVID, not COVID, or, um, you know, a lung thing, or if it's something else, so I'm currently being checked for that. Well, anyway, I went to the doctor today, because when I went to work this morning, I was severely winded, and I decided to come home, uh, which caused them at work to mark me as refusing um, to work, and that's that'll be taken care of on Monday, I'm sure. Um, because that's not what happened and I got a good doctor's excuse. So, um, anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm home and I'll be home tomorrow and, um, and Sunday. <laughs> so I get to go to church two weeks in a row, uh, which is unusual since I work usually on the weekends. And well, anyway, um, so, uh, so yeah, I got x-rays today in my chest and it showed that there's a little bit of, uh, uh, cloudiness in the right hand and lung and the doctor thinks it's just uh, maybe a bacterial infection so I'm on an antibiotic so that's cool but uh, we'll see if it takes care of the shortness of breath if it doesn't then we're going to have to look at other things so um, anyway hence uh, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do shows for uh, I'll do one tonight and uh, who knows if the spirit uh, moves me maybe one tomorrow um, I mean you know what the heck but uh, I had a laugh because uh, I'm just doing the show for, you know, well, for a reason, um, but also to kind of bring you into our household, sort of. Um, my wife and I are both, uh, we're savers. We're not hoarders, but um, we happen to like things and um, things are sentimental to us. Let's put it that way. So hence, I came up here with a lot of stuff and she had a lot of stuff when we got married. And, um, so we've purposed to go through this stuff, but, you know, things happen and we haven't. So, um, I think a good deal of tomorrow might be going through some of that stuff and taking care of that. But anyway, um, so, uh, we were emptying out a closet the other day and, uh, we ended up taking half of the stuff to storage and the other stuff we have to go through. We got a, a brand new shredder. So we'll be able to uh, shred a bunch of papers. Um, I don't like throwing anything out with my name, address, or any kind of account numbers or anything like that. I refuse to do that. And I'm tired of spending hours with a Marks-A-Lot marker marking everything off. So hence the shredder. Um, tried burning the stuff in the fireplace, but I can't do that with a good conscience because I know it's not good for the environment. Yes, I do care about the environment from time to time. So... Um, Anyway, uh, we we live in this this lovely little kind of a I call it a hovel, 
Uh, it's an unincorporated part of our county, and it's just a few miles down the road from a little town called Sweet Home, which I really like. And I think it's a good name for that town, Sweet Home. And uh, the people there are, for the most part, friendly. Uh, they've People in our little hovel here have taken us in like we've been one of their own for a long time. Now, don't get me wrong, it took a little while to build up some trust because people that live out in the country usually uh, grow up with other people that live out in the country. And when somebody from out of, out of the area comes in, uh, they're kind of looked upon. And, you know, I kind of do the same thing. So, But they're, they're kind of looked upon um, with suspicion, okay? Uh, because there's, you gotta admit, there's a lot of freakazoids and, uh, people from the cities, uh, you know, Portland and Eugene and, and, oh, goodness sakes, California, people moving up here from there, you know? God help us all. Um, but, um, anyway, so, you know, we were taken in quite quickly, hit it off with a lot of the neighbors and, uh, get lots of waves and, and honks and stuff when people go hop by, so. Um, we feel welcome, and, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm also thankful for uh, the people down in Sweet Home, too, because they've done the same thing. Um, you know, if you're friendly to the people, chances are 9 out of 10 that they're going to be friendly back to you. Uh, once in a while, you're going to run into a grouch, and usually you can win a grouch over. Um, sometimes you're going to run into a hardcore redneck, and usually you can win them over. Um and it's not that you're trying to change them or anything. You just want them to accept you. And and for the most part, we have been, and that's really neat. Um, so we've we spent a lot of time and effort establishing ourselves in this area, and it's 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 been really good actually. Um, and part of doing that is uh, if if you <laughs> I know I bring up Facebook a lot, and really I'm not on it that often. Um, every once in a while, I'll get a a notification from one of the groups that I'm on that something happened. And um, we were on a, we're on two or three different groups um, for Sweet Home uh, news and events and stuff like that. I was on one. I started out on one. And um, it was like run by these Nazis or something. And I'm not saying they were actual Nazis, but they were, they were Internet and information Nazis. And um, they didn't think that you should share things on there uh, that – I don't know. I think they expected you to share it with them privately, and then they would share it. Uh, for instance, one day I just said, be careful out on the roads, they're icy. Um, and I got this reply back from one of the admins saying, who are you to tell us what to do? You know, um, who are you to tell us that the roads are icy? And I'm like, well, fine. You know, if I was just trying to tell you that. And if, if you don't like it, then take your car out and crash it into somebody else's car or something else. It's, you know. Just trying to do a public service. Well, anyway, a lot of times um, where we live, there'll be a sheriff that uh, that'll you know go racing down the road with his siren on, and he'll head towards Sweet Home or Brownsville in the other direction, and and you want to know what's going on. You know, it's it's a natural instinct to want to know what's going on. And um, that was another thing that first group kind of didn't like is because when you're asking questions like that, they thought that the bad guys were listening in on on um, scanners and you know maybe they are i don't know but um and and that we would be tipping them off that the police were coming and i'm like you know this this is a paranoia thing and you guys need to get this straightened out well anyway i decided after much uh well not actually not much debate um or thinking about it amongst myself and my wife that i was getting off of that group and she did too um 
you know, you try to offer some public service and help and you get yelled at. I mean, heck, you know, that's that's what work is all about. Right. Um, but anyway. Um, so these other two groups that I belong to, you know, um, for instance, uh, the other day the power went out and when the power goes out, like in the city, um, it's, it's usually restored pretty quick unless it's like the big 1965 out outage back in New York. I remember that one when I was a kid and, uh, you know, it didn't come on for a couple of days and, uh, but the whole East coast was blacked out or the Northeast. And, um, but here when the power goes out, sometimes it's a couple of days and that's why most of us have generators and we have wood heating stoves for the winter. And thankfully, it gets cool here at night, kind of like it does in the Bay Area in California. So it could be 100 degrees here during the day, and it'll go down to 58 at night. So you could open your windows up if you had to. Um, uh, so, you know, and, and we, like I said, the generator is, is a big help. And one of these days, I'll be able to, to hook it up even more efficiently than, than I have already. But um, which is I haven't hooked it up at all. <laughs> Um, but th- th- it takes a lot, you know, you have to have a, the right circuit box and we don't, um, because if I were to run, you know, everything in the house off of the, the generator and it's powerful enough to do that, I would actually be sending power out to the street too and wasting a lot of power. So, um, I have to hook it up to only certain things and, and that'll, that'll be, um, preparatory for this winter. Um, we will be ready. I've got the line going through the wall and the whole nine yards. So all I got it, and I got the generator ready to go too, believe it or not. So, um, you know, that's, that's, it's funny, you know, I got that generator and we had the mildest winter I've seen since I've moved up here this last winter. So, um, we came on the fringe of needing it a couple of times, but not quite. And, um, so anyway, uh, so I joined these groups, and like I said, every once in a while, the sheriff will go racing down the road, and you'll want to know what's going on. So, you know, I'll just get on there, and I'll say, hey, the sheriff just, we live in, you know, our little town, and the sheriff just flew by here, you know, heading towards your town, you know, uh, what's going on, you know? And nine times out of ten, you know, somebody knows. Uh, maybe even more, like 9.5 times out of ten, somebody knows, and uh um, when with the uh, power outage the other day, it was somebody that ran into a telephone pole and sheared it in half. Um, just like anywhere else, um, Oregon and our our part of Oregon is not immune to people that like to drink. Um, a lot of beer drinkers around here, and I used to be one of them, so I can't really say anything. <laughs> so, but. Um, but I understand what it's like, you know, on a hot day, sucking down beers. I did that one night before I got saved, you know. And um, so, like I said, I'd be a hypocrite if I criticized people about it. But um, one thing I never did was drive after I drank. I just saw the, the uh, danger in that. And I never did it. Well, so anyway, the power goes out and I get onto this forum because I can get onto it through my cell phone. Um, and we got a tower fairly close by, so we have good coverage. And, and I said, you know, I don't know what happened, but I bet you anything it had to do with alcohol. And so some lady got on there. She said, well, sure enough, she said some guy in a Subaru ran into a power pole, sheared the pole in half. And yes, it had to do with alcohol. And, um, and a lot of that had to do with, um, about a mile probably west of here. Uh, we have a little river that runs through our town, a beautiful little river, actually. 
And um, down that way, there's a park. And in that park, they have a swimming hole. And I've I've seen it from the road. I've never gone down there. Someday when there's nobody down there, like in the dead of winter, um, I'll go down there and check it out. But it looks like a fairly nice swimming hole. And But, you know, you get your people down there. Nobody will go down there and just swim, you know. But you got them sucking beers down down there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they're smoking joints. I don't know. Um, and, you know, you got your people playing their loud music, so that kind of bothers things. You know, I, I know somebody that goes down there all the time, and he'll always say, yeah, but some idiot had his music turned up all the way. And it's like, well, you know, you guys could have banded together and went through, through a stereo in the creek, you know. But um, anyway, um, just kidding. Um, so uh, sure enough, that's what happened. And other times, you know, uh, like, again, when the power goes out, I can ask about that. Um, if the, the sheriff's going downtown for something else, usually somebody knows about it. Um, sometimes, um, the fire trucks will head some way and, and we got another little app that's called, um, well, you know what? I got to look at my phone because I really don't remember what it's called. And you could probably have it in your area too. And I would advise you get it. Pulse point, P-U-L-S-E-P-O-I-N-T. And, and, uh, they make it for both Android and and Apple phones, and uh, you can, if your your community has it, you can add that uh, to the pulse point that you download, and uh, it enables you to be able to to see, uh, well, what's going on. Like if there's an accident, it'll say, and it's gotten me out of jams before. Um, it'll say, like here, it'll say accident on 228 um, west of Brownsville, and I'm like, oh, crap, that's the way I go to work. So then I got to figure out a different way to go to work. So, but at least I find out that way and, and without, you know, getting tied up in a whole bunch of traffic. So it's, it's gotten me out of messes before. So it's pulse point and it's, uh, I highly recommend it. And I'm not doing a commercial for them. I just want to do you guys a service because I think you would really enjoy it. Let me get a sip of coffee, folks. Ah, uh, thank you. I needed that. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, belonging to the groups is, is, is very good. It's very important. But um, with anything on, on the Internet anymore, you know, uh, you have your trolls. You have your people that just post things, you know, like old well, trolls do that to just to create a stir and stuff like that. And usually if you call them out for being a troll, they go away unless they really want to uh, be a problem. But um Anyway, um, so last week, uh, let's see, I made notes. Well, I joined this one, um, and it's not necessarily in this area, but I actually joined two. One of them is the um, Bigfoot Reporting Center or something like that. Um, we live in Bigfoot country here, and uh, if you don't believe in Bigfoot, then uh, you ought to come out here. Um or even head further east from here into the uh, Cascades because um, there's a, a really good book. <laughs> I'm trying to – here, I found it. I, this is weird. I got everything in front of me. Um, it's called Bigfoot in Lynn County, Oregon, L-I-N-N County, Oregon. And it was written by uh, an author, Roy Crow, Ray Crow, excuse me, Ray Crow, C-R-O-W-E. And I read through this. It was an easy to read book. I love these things when the, when the lettering's big and, you know, and it was basically about 100 pages, 123 pages. 
and I read through it in one afternoon, uh, even less than that, actually. It was a really good book, so much so that I wanted to interview him on this show, but I found out that he died back in 2016, I think it was. And so unless he were to make some kind of celestial visitation, um, that's not going to happen. But it did cause me to reach out to some other people to see if, um, and, and I did post uh, to the Sweet Home forums that I, if anybody was um, kind of an expert in Bigfoot, I'd like to talk to them, have them on the show. Um, with the knowledge, of course, that uh, uh, there's three theories, I think, with Bigfoot. One, that it's an actual creature that's kind of like a hominid um, that is uh, related to humans. Uh, another uh, that they're uh, extraterrestrial and another one that they're interdimensional. Um, I tend to lean to the third one because I think extraterrestrials are interdimensional too. So um, anyway, um, really good book. Well, um, a, about a year and a half ago, yeah, because it's summer, so it would be a year and a half. Yeah, I went out um, one day. Um, this It had snowed quite heavily. Um, the, the few days before that, and the snow was melting and it was almost all the way melted. And, and I was standing uh, kind of where my, my carport meets the driveway, uh, the gravel driveway. And I looked down and I saw a big footprint. And I went, well, that's a big footprint because <laughs> I wear a, a, an 11 and a half to a triple E shoe and I could stick my foot in it real easy. I didn't because I wanted to preserve it, but, um, I, I would estimate it was about 17 inches maybe. And, um, so I took a picture of it. And there was another one there too, but it, it had been degraded by the ice melting or the snow melting. And, um, you know, people could have claimed that it was anything. So I, I just, I took a picture of it, but I never posted it. Well, anyway, um, I've talked about it before. I think even on this radio show, but so when I joined these groups, um, uh, especially the one that's, um, I think in Oregon, um, I posted the picture, and all I said was, I didn't even say Bigfoot or Sasquatch. I just said, here's something interesting I found in my yard about a year and a half ago. And I, I posted the picture, and that's all I put on there. And, you know, some people, oh, yeah, that's a Sasquatch, you know. Oh, yeah, that's a Bigfoot. Uh, looks like a juvenile or maybe a female, you know. And one guy's, well, you know, but it looks like it's got a, like a, a boot heel in the back, you know, which it didn't. It, it, I could see where he sees that. But um, anyway, um, so and one guy says, no, they have a segmented segmented foot, and that's where it bends, and that's where that comes from. And they, they got into a little bit of an argument about it. And then other people were, you know, accusing me of faking it. And I said, listen, I barely have enough time to think, let alone fake something like that. I said, all I did is take a picture of something, and if you don't like it, well, that's tough. Well, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to, well, it's easy to run into people with integrity on the Internet, okay? But it's also really easy to run into morons and idiots and stupid people. Um, and um, so anyway, one guy had posted on there that, oh, I, that that looked like a fake, and I and I wrote to him, you know, and I said, okay, what do you base your opinion on? And I was I was earnest too. I meant I wanted to know, you know, why are you saying it's a fake? What are you, you know, are you an authority or, or you know, do you, do you know something that I should know? You know, that's what I meant. Uh, by what authority or um, or 
education are you basing your opinion? Well, some other guy got on there, and I wanted to mention his name tonight, and I decided not to. Um, he's a man of integrity, and, and I, I don't know. Some people just don't want their names mentioned on the Internet, so I'm not going to do it. If he ever listens to this and he wants me to you know do it again, maybe I'll have him on the show sometime. Um, but um, so he wrote, where, where I posted to that one guy asking about his authority, he wrote a, a little diatribe in there about how it looked like it wasn't a Bigfoot, how he had seen big Bigfoot before, and he lives somewhere in the southeast, and uh, you know couldn't possibly. And and I came back at him and I said, I said, wow, it's real interesting. I asked for one man's opinion and I get a ventriloquist act, and <laughs> just kind of ticked him off. I don't know why. Um, so he wrote back, and he says, you know, you don't have to be an ass about it. He says, I was just giving my opinion, and, and a couple other things I can't remember right now. It must not have been too bad, or else I'd remember him. But um, so I wrote back to him, you know, and I, I, I figured, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna be kind of gentle with this, you know. And and I said, look, I said, when, when somebody writes to me like that guy did, and I ask him what authority he has, I expect an answer from him. You know, and, and not an answer from everybody else. And I would appreciate it if people would start honoring that stuff on Facebook, you know, and, and not jumping in and giving their opinion. When I'm asking party A what he thinks, I don't want to hear from anybody else. I want to hear what that person has to say. Well, I was expecting to get something bad back because I saw the guy's picture. And he's a younger guy. He's got lots of tattoos. He's got those little loops in his ears, you know, they... I was. I wonder if they people whistle when they when they walk, you know, because they have those. They look like it looks like little wedding rings, but they put them in their earlobes. But um, and I don't understand that, and I I really don't want to know why people do that. But but anyway, just from his appearance, and this was my fault. I, I thought I was going to get a bad answer from the guy. <laughs> well, anyway, I got this nicest letter back from him, nicest answer. And he said, look, he says, you're right. He says, and I'm sorry, you were asking that guy his opinion. And and I butted in and I shouldn't have. So please forgive me. <laughs> I'm like My mouth was hanging. My jaw was hanging on the floor, my lower jaw. I was like, this never happens. You know, it's usually you get these narcissists and, uh, and psychopaths and sociopaths that have to always be one better. And here's a guy that's being nice. And I said, you know what? I said, I wrote him back. I says, you know what? I like you. You're a man of integrity. Uh, and I said, and I want to thank you for what you wrote. I said, that was really nice. And, and I really appreciate you, you know? And, um, so anyway, you know, I figured I'd preface this off with a good story. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Okay. Let's go with this one here. Um, back before the whole COVID thing started, and this is probably the end of last year, maybe into January, um, our, our beloved, uh, Oberfuhrer, uh, Governor Brown, uh, decided that she was going to ramrod through, uh, an emergency order that was basically going to put a carbon tax on everybody that drove anything that, used gasoline and especially diesel. And I had a diesel truck back at that time. And um, so what I did is I said, really, I don't think she's got the authority to do that. You know, that's that's draconian. You know, that's that's something that that uh, I would expect from Fidel Castro 
or 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 Hugo Chavez. Well, he's dead, but his successor, Maduro, I think his name is. And what a shame that a good cigar is, is bears the same name as that guy. Um, but anyway, so I was like, this isn't right. So I went to the Oregon Constitution and I read the whole thing. And I found out that she couldn't do that, that she would have to convene um, a meeting of the uh, legislature and that she would have to get approval from them to do that. She never did that. So anyway, when the article came out on, I don't remember if it was KEZI out of just the People's Republic of Eugene or if it was Fox 12 out of uh, the People's Republic of uh, Portland, which is getting really bad. Um, but you know what? Um, as, as a side note to that, uh, Antifa came to Sweet Home tonight and uh, in the form of Black Lives Matter. And um and I don't want to make say that they're the same group, but a lot of times um, Antifa um, follows around Black Lives Matter and uh, and causes trouble. So fortunately, it looked like it was just a group from Black Lives Matter, and they were trying to keep their keep quiet. And the reason that they were here, I found out, is because there's a well, they're kind of semi neo Nazis that um, I understand on their web page have swastikas and stuff like that. And um, if you know my heritage, the swastikas are a big warning sign. Um, so anyway, um, so they were down at Sweet Home today. And, and as far as I know, so far, there hasn't been any violence and both groups have kept separated. Um, no shots have been fired or anything. I, you know, I can get on later and find out if that's still the case. But the police were there, and they were ready to break up anything. And I don't think the Sweet Home Police are going to put up with things like the Portland Police do. Um, so, anyway, um, so I wrote a little article uh, on one of those news forums. And, by the way, I've gotten off of those because I think they're designed to just stir people up. Uh, the ones that the newscasters put out, you know, the uh, the news stations here in Oregon, which are all liberal. Um, not even liberal, they're communist. Um, so I, I put on there, I said, this lady is violating the Constitution. You know, I said, it's you just can't do that. It's, it says in the Constitution that she has to convene the legislature. They have to agree with her. They have to vote on it. And they have to give her the authority to be able to do that. And they haven't done that. Well, plain and simple, that's the truth, right? Well, boy, you should have seen. I mean, I had every leftist jackass that uh, that gets on that news channel uh, writing, you know, are you a constitutional lawyer? How do you know? Well, how can you prove it? And I, I got on there. I said, it's real easy. I said, um, anybody can understand it. I said, just go. to, And I gave him the link to the... Uh, the constitution page where you could read the, the state constitution. And I said, just go here and read it. it. It'll tell you right there that she can't do it, you know? And, you know, I got a whole bunch of other, you know, it almost makes you sorry that you wrote it, but you know that you'll be vindicated. Well, um, a few weeks ago, um, some, Oh, what was it? One of the newspapers, I think it was from Albany wrote in there a question. Did the governor violate the Constitution by 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 uh, trying to implement her carbon tax? 
<laughs> like, wow, this is cool. This is a liberal paper or communist paper that's saying that, you know. And then today, it just, I felt so good. I felt justified and I felt vindicated because uh, there's a group that, um, there's a group here in Oregon and around the West. I don't know how far east they go. They're called Timber Unity. And they're basically a bunch of loggers and, and logging companies that are opposed to um, anybody that wants to shut down logging, basically, and other things, too. Uh, they're the ones that, that formed a convoy and went up to Salem those, those couple of times and, and just snarled up traffic for a couple of days and uh, drove around the Capitol with their big rigs and tractors, farm tractors and combines and everything else. Boy, if you've ever heard a combine go by, you know it, man. Let me tell you. Things are allowed. But um, anyway, so uh, so today um, I read that this group is um, actually going to sue the governor for um, for attempting to um, to implement. And I think she partially did implement it, a, a carbon tax on anything that uses fossil fuel. Now, here's the deal with this law that she was trying to put into effect. And, you know, it always cracks me up. Oh, Trump's trying to write laws. Well, Obama wrote laws the whole time he was in office, all eight years. Nobody, you know, every time he was challenged, well, you know, he's doing that for the better of the country. But when Trump tries to do it, you know, every cockroach that um, that's in Washington or in the news, news media comes out and starts clicking, you know, and, um, but, uh, Anyway, uh, so they're 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 going to get together. Oh, anyway, this so this carbon tax. What they were going to do if your car, well, if your diesel truck, if you have a diesel car, um, if you had a any any farm equipment that was older than built in 2006, basically you're going to have to give them up. You're going to have to sell them and get something. I don't know about you, but I liked my diesel truck. And, and in order to get something more expensive, we're talking not just a four or $5,000, you know, I'm talking, you know, $30,000 in order to upgrade. And my truck was running fine and I didn't want to do that. And, and what does that do to the farmer that's barely making it? You know, cause a lot of these guys are barely making it. They've got this old equipment that they keep maintained very well. And and she expects them just to, to, to drive them in somewhere and say, here it is. I don't want it anymore. Give me something new. They can't afford that. That would break a lot of farmers. But maybe that's what she wanted to do, right? And see, she's she's pushing for electric cars. And, you know, I drove a, a hybrid for a while. My, my brother-in-law has one. He let us use it. And, and you know, they're, they have their place. They really do. Um, but. If you have to plug your car in, uh, thankfully I didn't with his. It was, you know, it just charged the battery itself. But, um, but if you have an all electric car and you got to plug it in, where's that power coming from? Well, it's coming from your house, and that's coming from your electric bill. So that drives your electric bill up. Um, how do they make the power? Well, most power plants are coal fired. Even here in the West, there's a lot of hydroelectric places, but most of them are small. Most of the dams are pretty small. And they don't generate enough for the whole West Coast. So you got to import your power from further east, and those are coal plants. So you're burning coal. You're burning a fossil fuel to make electricity so you can drive a car that doesn't burn fossil fuel. So you're, you're not 
pollutant the atmosphere. Makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So anyway, um, so these these people are all getting together and they're filing, filing a lawsuit and suing the witch um, to try to prevent it from happening altogether. Because as soon as everything gets straightened out, if she's still in office, because she probably will be, because the people in up in Portland and Eugene and uh, part of Salem, um, I don't know. There, there is. They took the blue pill and they they downed it with Kool Aid. Let's put, let's put it that way. Blue pill meaning I'm not talking about Viagra. I'm talking about the Matrix, where they just take a pill and roll over and um, don't care about what's going on um they uh they fall into the 1984 trap um but anyway so and i i'm so glad to hear that they're going to do this they're going to go after her and they're going they're trying to to recall her and everything else and and hopefully it works this time um she's got some powerful people on her side folks she does uh the uh Back uh, back when she was trying to uh, do the carbon thing, um, what happened was was uh, uh, in this state you have to have a quorum in order for for the legislature to meet, and there's just enough Republicans in in the Senate in this state to where if they all call in sick, they can't hold the legislature meetings. So what they did is they saw all this stuff coming up and other stuff that she was trying to to force on the state and they all hightailed it out of state. Um, and they had to do that because she actually told the state police to go fetch them and bring them to the legislature. And I guess that when they got to Idaho, cause that's where most of them went, the Idaho state police called the, um, Oregon state police and said, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, border between our states is a hard border and you have no authority here. So don't even think about coming across the border. So that really worked. It worked out really well, actually. But then, you know, she wanted a doctor pay for not coming in and uh, hold them in contempt for not attending. You know, I'm telling you, the woman is is um, is the devil in a blue dress, you know, devil with the blue dress on. Um, and then on top of that, she's a bisexual and other things. And uh, I had a chance to meet her one time. Um, I didn't go out of my way as a matter of fact she was she was at a place where i was working at the time and and uh, they said that she was down in one of the areas of that that place and and i said please don't send me down there with anybody i just want to stay here because if i go down there i will say something to get myself fired and so they were my co-workers were very generous and kept me up on the unit and um, i didn't have to meet her but she's a very diminutive little woman. She's um, very, very small. But, you know, they say nasty things come in small packages. So, And, boy, does she prove that to be correct. So, anyway, so we went through the Bigfoot thing. We went through the Cape Brown violates the Constitution. And now she's being sued now. And the third thing I want to go to, and we'll probably go into some more stuff because there's plenty of time, right? Um, I just... When we were kids, and I don't know if they still do this in school. Let me get another sip of coffee before this gets too cold to drink. Okay. It was cold, but it went down the hatch. Um, And I hate cold coffee. 
How you folks drink iced coffee? I'll never know. It's nasty. Um, yeah, when we were in school, uh, a lot of times the teacher would give us a test. And right at the top of the test, it says, read this whole test before you start taking it. Okay. I would say maybe 5% of the people that took the test read the whole test before they did it. And I'll admit I was one of them that didn't read the whole thing. So you're going through it, and it asks you different questions, like how many people are in the room. Well, you'll get down to question four, and it'll say, it'll say don't do question three. And uh, but you've already done question three, <laughs> and then um, you'll you'll go down and you'll still do more, and there's some really ridiculous questions on there, and then you'll get down to the end, and it'll say, well, you were only supposed to do uh, questions one, two, six, seven, and eight. You know, if you didn't do that and you got this far, you failed the test. So. Um, it was always wise to, to read at first what it said and follow the instructions. And many of us didn't. And uh, they got us every time on that stupid thing. I don't know. Well, I was young and, and foolish, I guess. And I didn't know. But I learned. <laughs> I learned the hard way. And, and I would exhort everybody that gets on public media or writes to newspapers or whatever. And you're going to write about something that somebody else has written. Read through the whole thing. Please, 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 please read through the whole thing. Because a lot of times you're going to find out that the person that's writing something is on your side. And I have seen numerous times, as a matter of fact, if I could count them all up and I could get a dollar for each time I've seen this, I'd never have to work again. Um, and this is just in my short 10 or 12 years on, on Facebook, okay? Um, I don't really even know how many years I've been on that forum, but... Um, it's 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 ridiculous, you know, and and I'm constantly writing to people, you know, did you did you actually read it? Did you actually go back and read it? Please go back and read it. Well, um, the other day. Uh, well, let me let me go back a little bit in history. My dad was a very wise man. I didn't think so when I was younger, but as I got older, I realized he pretty, he pretty well was. And um he taught me different things. One of the things he taught me is that um, unless you earn something or buy something that you, you've, uh, in other words, if you worked hard to make money by the sweat of your brow or, or by some form of work and you buy something with that money, you respect it a lot more than something that somebody gives to you. Okay. And it's the truth. Think about it. It is really the truth. You know, you worked hard for that dang thing, and you're not going to let anything happen to it. Um, you could always tell <laughs> the guy that, you know, waxes his, cleans and waxes his car all the time. I'll bet you anything that he's paid he's paid that off, or he's paying quite hefty payments for that car. Um, the guy that uh, takes care of his yard is meticulous with his yard. You know that he's probably got a pretty high mortgage, and that he wants to keep that yard nice, where if he ever has to sell... He's going to get top dollar, right? Plus, he, he takes joy in, in, in having a nice-looking yard, you know? Um, so that was one of the things that my dad taught me, and I was really glad that he taught me that because it stuck. It really did. And um, so the other day, I was reading through the one of the community things here, 
And there was a kid, and, and I believe me, I was a kid, and I understand, okay? I understand what it's like to be a kid, because I was when I still remember it, and sometimes I get accused of acting like one. Um, but, uh, and usually it's, you know, by my spouse. Um, but, um, and it said, you know, if anybody has any spare cans or bottles that they want to get rid of, can I have them? That way I can take them downtown, cash them in. And I could buy this board that I want. Now, I don't know what kind of board he was talking about. I'm assuming it's, he, I think he called it a long board. I'm not sure. Um, so anyway, um, that kind of struck me uh, in a bad way. And, and I wrote, you know, working for it would be better than begging. <laughs> oh, boy. And you know what's funny is that I think everybody that attacked me, they were all women. Um, I don't know if that means anything, but it's it's kind of uncanny. And uh, the first person that wrote to me said, that was so mean. That was so mean of you to say. You know, and uh, okay, well, why was it mean? You would explain yourself, but she never did. Anyway, um, later on, um, she came up with a with a with an answer. Uh, she uh, she actually wrote a few lines down from her original post. Uh, that uh, she knew, she said, you got to understand the kid lives out in the country and there aren't a lot of work opportunities out in the country, which I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know, for the sake of this, I'm just going to believe it. She said, but I had some things I needed done around the house and I've offered him work and he's accepted it. Problem solved, right? Problem solved. There you go. Well, anyway, I had some uh, kid, um, black kid, that wrote to me and said, well, maybe you would prefer that he breaks into your house and steal stuff so he could take it down and sell it. And uh, that just really kind of bugged me. And I wrote back to him. I said, would you do that? (laughs) Um, And then uh, what did he say? He said something like he was implying I was cheap. He says, I bet he says, I bet you that when you take a crap, you only wipe once. That was, you know, I got to give him credit. That's the first time I've ever heard that comment. Um, I still think it's a stupid comment, but, um, but anyway, and I, I wrote back to him and I says, yeah, that's something that your generation would write, write back to me. I said, I said, it's just, it's just too bad that you guys just don't get it. Meaning that generation. And I said, you're, you're all, all of you, you're setting yourselves up for a, a bad future, you know, and, and I just hope that you, you get straightened out. And then the Lord had me give, have him give, had me give him a word that uh, he's not going to get straightened out, that it, this is gonna, just going to get worse and worse, and it's not going to be good for him. Um, I wish it had been a better word, but um, he since hasn't written back to me. Oh, actually, he did write one thing back, but I can't remember what it was, which shows how insignificant it really is. Um, and usually when people write stuff like that, I, I kind of look at their profile to see where they're from. Um, and this kid lives pretty far up north from where I live. So, you know, if he lived in the next town over, I'd consider twice about even writing anything to him because uh, kids don't understand that uh, getting even the way that they do is not legal. And it's also detrimental to their their future and to... Um, like if you were to break into my house, um, they'd carry him out, um, in a body bag, <laughs> um, because I, you know, I don't believe that, um, that's a lawful thing. And, 
And if you broke into my house, I'd reason with them first. But, you know, I I just know kids these days. They don't know how to reason. And you'd probably grab a knife or something and come after me. And then that, that's what that other thing would happen. But um, so then I got other letters. And I got one back from this gal. And she kind of echoed the same thing. And I expected more out of this gal because she seemed to, a little older, maybe a little wiser. The kid was still in high school that, that wrote the mean stuff. But uh, the woman was probably in her late 20s, maybe early 30s. But it just shows me that people nowadays don't necessarily mature by the time they turn to 30. And she wrote the same thing. Well, would you rather that he break into your house and steal stuff and then go sell it? So I wrote back to her. I, say, I said, are you saying that that is the only alternative? It's either give him the cans or he's going to go out and steal something. I said, that's dumb. I said, you know, there's so many other things. You know, he could work for it. Um, he could uh, barter for it. and You know, a whole bunch of different things he could do other than steal. I said, but it seems that you're suggesting that's the only other alternative that he has. And then another thing that I wrote to her, I said, I said, really, what you've done is you've cast the kid in a bad light. I said, I don't know him, but I'm not going to judge him yet. You know, I Based on what I know, I know that, you know, he he picked the wrong choice of words and, well, it worked out good because he he went to work. He's going to go to work for that lady. But um, so that that all turned out fine. But um, and I said, you know, what kind of society are we in now where you either give me something or I'm going to rob, rob you and and steal from you? And And I said, you know, I said he could be doing work. He could, you know earn a wage and then he'd respect what he'd respect that board a lot more, you know? And, and, um, and I kept going round and round and round with this gal. And I, I realized that, um, a lot of times it turns into circular reasoning and I don't deal very well with circular reasoning because it's stupid. <laughs> it, it never, it never affects anything in a positive way. And, uh, and I told her, I wrote back to her and I said, you know, I realized that, you know, and I, I says I gotta apologize to you because I, I realize that I'm I'm talking with somebody that doesn't know how to to think in abstract mannerisms, and and I said and I'm sorry if I taxed you on this because you obviously can't understand what I'm trying to say and and I don't want to you know burn your circuits out or anything like that you know and well you know she had a couple more things to say because she's one of those people that had to have the last word. Um, like so many are these days, but I, I just broke off from it. And I said, you know, that's, um, uh, Jesus said, you know, don't cast your pearls before the swine, you know, and, and I'm not trying to say she's a pig or anything. I'm just saying that, um, you could take things that are valuable and cast them in front of other people that don't see them as being valuable and want to enforce their will on you. And, once they can't, they're going to turn around and try to kill you, uh, either metaphorically or really. But uh, I thought in this case, but metaphorically um, or in trying to cast a bad light on me and everything else. And there are a few other people that, you know, had opinions where, you know, I was mean and stuff like that. And, and uh, but, you know, I've been on this good earth. Well, it used to be a good earth. Um for upwards, you know, over 60 years now, I'm going to be 62 in six months. And um, I've learned a lot of lessons. I've learned that, you know, working for something is far more valuable than than getting it for free. 
Now, don't get me wrong. If, you know, the kid was disabled or something like that, man, I'd go pick up the cans and cash them in for him. I really would. Bring him the cash right to his house. Probably take him to go get the longboard, too. Um, but if, if he's a, a young man that's capable of doing work for, for a living, then um, I see it all the time. I see it in kids everywhere. Um, they want it. They, they want it now. They Boy, I thought my generation lived in a McDonald's world, uh, you know, fast food world. These kids nowadays have everything handed to them on a silver platter, you know. And and it might sound like I'm casting a bad light on his parents. I don't know him. I don't know who his parents are. He might even be living with grandparents or something. I don't know. But um, and a lot of times kids will put stuff out there and the parents don't even know what's going on. So, um, you know, no, no fault on the parents whatsoever. But um, it's just that uh, nowadays it's, you know, give me what I want. I'm entitled. That's the word, the entitlement generation. Uh, they feel that uh, just because they're, they exist, they're entitled to have everything for free. Um, uh, you, you've seen it. You know, you've seen it out there where uh, they give awards to everybody at the end of a sporting event because they don't want anybody to feel bad. Well, sporting events encourage competition, and competition encourages success. And success is a good goal to shoot for, you know. Um, you, in the Marine Corps, I had a, uh, a Marine Corps. It was one of the branches of the armed services uh, about 20 years ago. Um they were actually given um, little signs they could hold up if they felt like the drill sergeant was offending them. And I'm like, oh, man, in my day, the drill sergeant would have chased you up the rope with his bayonet, and he would have stabbed you <laughs> if you wouldn't have gone up. It happened to my uncle, um, my deceased Uncle Howard. You know, he said, um, the guy said, climb the rope. He says, I'm not going to climb that rope. That Marine drill sergeant chased him up that rope, and by golly, he got right up to the top. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's a sad state of affairs when, and, and you can understand what's going on when you see these things, when you see these people defending this, you know, entitlement, um, uh, aspect of these younger people, maybe because they're entitled themselves, um, you can see how, um, society is, has really shifted and the, the paradigm is, is incredible. It's just a totally different paradigm. Um, we were talking about this, something similar to this the other day. And, um, we were talking about the Mandela effect, uh, you know, Jim and Eric and I, and I can't remember if Brian was on that show or not, but, um, and we were talking about how it's almost like, um, you know, if the Mandela effect was true, it's almost like, whoever's crossing the boundaries from one reality to another is actually pulling out bits and pieces of the other one and implementing into our own reality. I mean, there's things going on today that um, people back 40 years ago would have never dreamed of doing or saying or thinking um, or implementing or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It really is. It's, you know, um, uh, there was a guy on TV the other day, he was talking about reparations for slavery, you know, actually, no, this was on Facebook. And I said, well, here's the deal. I said, 
All of my ancestors in the 1860s were in Europe and had nothing to do with slavery. And I said, furthermore, so why should I be expected to, to repair or give reparations? And second of all, some of my ancestors were in Egypt a few thousand years ago and were forced to build cities for the pharaoh. Well, where's our compensation from the Egyptians? I don't see any. I said, you know why I don't see any? Because we decided to move on. We decided that, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth trying to extort money out of people for for something that happened generations ago that was beyond our control. Now, I'm sure that if some of the um, uh, no good nicks that are up in Portland and stuff could could go back in time um, and live in the South back in the <laughs> actually be kind of fun to watch. Somebody ought to make a movie about that. Um, a bunch of uh, hippies go back in time uh, to, well, let's say, 1859 Atlanta uh, before the war started and, um, and, and start protesting and blocking <laughs> and blocking uh, wagon track or wagon trails um, and not letting horses get by. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't have lasted very long. You know what I mean? Even if their their cause was was altruistic, it wouldn't lasted very long because that was not what was happening back then. Um, but you know, they'd be laying down their lives for something that they actually had nothing to do with, and just like we're expected to pay for stuff that we had nothing to do with, and um, um, it's it's just it's crazy. It really is. It's it's insane. It's it's insanely crazy. And um, I don't know. I don't know if this country will ever get straightened out. I really don't know. I don't know if it's possible. I know that there are forces and elements that are trying to do that. But are they stronger than the forces and elements that are trying to destroy this country and have destroyed it thus far? Um I think that it's possible. I think it's only possible if God's on our side. I'm not talking about any other God, but yod heh vav the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who came down in human form, gave himself up as a sacrifice for humanity, died on a cross, and rose again on the third day. Okay, I'm not talking about any other God. I'm not talking about the Mormon God, the Jehovah's Witness God. Uh, I'm not talking about um, the Islamic God, I'm not talking about any other God, but the Judeo-Christian God, okay? Um, and it's, it's inter- isn't it interesting that um, I saw a bumper sticker that <laughs> said it so aptly. It said, Jesus settled it once and for all. All lives matter. He died once and for all. Yeah, one time and for everybody. And, man, what a truth there is in that, you know? What a truth. And um, so I'm trying to think if there's any other political stuff going on here that uh, because when it comes to political and crazy, I think Oregon kind of takes the cake. Um, other people might bake the cake, but we put the icing on it. It's uh, it's really uncanny. Um, we got one senator that or one um, representative or is he a senator? I can't remember. Wyden. That actually lives in New York. He doesn't even live in Oregon, yet he represents Oregonians. Try to figure that out. 
And um, I always said that we could bring Portland and Eugene to their knees. Just stop sending food there. And I mean food that's grown in Oregon. Um, aside from the Willamette Valley, which mostly there's grass seed, and I think they grow grapes here for wine and stuff like that. Um, most of the produce and stuff is grown in uh, in eastern Oregon. And, and Southern Oregon, which is, is another, uh, conservative area. And, um, just stop sending food or allowing food to go to those two cities. And, you know, they, they'd capitulate in a week, you know, but, uh, people see that as being mean, you know, but they don't see being mean uh, is when they stuff the ballot boxes so that everybody else in the state doesn't have a say in the matter. And that's why we have an electoral college in the United States. And every state should have an electoral college, too. Um, I think it would, you know, I mean, for electoral, for, for state elections and stuff like that. Um, I mean, if you can't learn from the Constitution, then you can't learn um, from anything. Because the Constitution of the United States is laid out fairly easy to understand, you know, and... Um, that brings me to a, another point um, and I heard and I didn't believe it at first, but uh, you got to understand one thing I understand about Trump is he likes to, he's a rabble rouser. Um, he thinks out loud and he does it on purpose. Now, I guess the other day he said something like uh, maybe it would be a good idea to um, delay the elections until, you know, this whole COVID thing's over and everything else. Well, the press, like when I went to work, I was, I always get Thursday mornings. I, I, I call it my, my re-education camp um, because there's some gal there that's uh, very, uh, very liberal. And she, I think she thinks it's her duty to convert me over to, to her side and it's never going to happen. But she likes to kind of ask, embarrass me by asking me questions. And I think I'm learning how to, to work that. But um, anyway, so she brought up about the Trump thing, about the elections. And what what the lib- liberals don't understand, what the leftists don't understand, because most of them aren't liberals anymore, they're leftists, um, is that Trump isn't necessarily going to do those things, but he throws the idea out there. And they go rabid. They just start foaming at the mouth, get hydrophobic, um, the whole nine yards. When he was just thinking about something, it would be it would be like me. Um, OK, here's a good example here. Um, when we first moved here, um, there's a little town west of here called Brownsville. And uh, we heard that they have they have good food in the tavern. Now, my wife and I don't drink. We're teetotalers. Um, I mean, if we have a glass of champagne, maybe on New Year's Eve, that's that's a lot. And we haven't done that in a few years. But um, so if we're going to go into a tavern, it's going to be to eat. So we uh, when we first moved here, um, we went over to Brownsville. And uh, there's a, like I said, there's a tavern over there that has really good food. They have a killer patty melt. If you ever come to Brownsville, go there and get the patty melt. You will not be sorry. Um, and so I, um, so we, we went over there and we parked our car and we were getting ready to go in. Well, some of the, the do-gooders, um, there's a family that, 
without trying to be judgmental, was pretty judgmental. <laughs> and uh, they saw us go into the tavern, and they, I don't know, they thought we were going to go in and, you know, put down five or six beers or whatever, but they came almost running across the road. Oh, uh, a whole bunch of us are getting together over at the Mexican restaurant. Would you come join us? You know. Now, normally I would say no because my times I spent with my wife are special. Um, a lot of times back then we were like ships passing in the night because she worked weird hours and I worked weird hours. And when I was alone with her, I wanted to be alone with her. But we thought it best that these people who were obviously being judgmental, um, that we better maybe capitulate and go eat at the Mexican restaurant this time. But um, so I can't even remember why I brought that up. Um, maybe it's just because of opinions and opinions that people have and, and self, um, uh, you know, oh, I can't think of the word. But um, judgmental, I guess, is a good word or um, prejudice is another good word because they were judging before they knew the facts. You know, had they known that the place has a killer patty melt and a really good fish sandwich, too. Uh, everything they cook there is really good. I mean, it is fantastic food. Um, and my mouth's starting to water. I'm just thinking about it, and it's 1230 in the morning. Um, I think we may be visiting it tomorrow. Um, but, you know, if people would just think before they open their mouths, I think this world would be a better place. If they would think before they'd write things, it'd be uh, it'd be a better place. Now, I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. A lot of times I'll write stuff on Facebook and and um, and I'll admit I should have thought about it. And there's times when I've been harsh. But if you're going to. If you have kids now, I didn't have any kids of my own, but I had nephews and um, and. Now, you know, I'm a stepfather and I've got three daughters, three uh, stepsons and um, 16 beautiful grandkids. Um, you know that each each personality needs correct to be corrected or talked to, you could say, in a different way. Um, what what you would say to one, you can't say to the other because of feelings and stuff like that. Now, as a kid, your feelings didn't matter. You were just told, hey, don't do that or else, and, and that was fine. But, um, you know, I, I'll approach, um, uh, let me, I have a grandson, wonderful, all my grandsons are wonderful boys. And one of them, I could just walk up to him and say, hey, man, you know, that's probably not a good idea to do, you know. Um, and he'll, he'll think about it and he'll go, he'll ask me why. And he's got every right to ask me why, because he's he's a teen now and he's, you know, almost a young adult. And I'll explain to him why. And nine times out of ten, he'll agree with me. Sometimes he'll say, well, Grandpa, I don't know where you're coming from, but, you know, we might have to agree to disagree on this one. And if it's something that's not life-threatening or it's, you know, not going to let him go down the wrong path, I'll just let it slide. Um, but there's another grandson that, you know, who I love dearly, um, who will push. <laughs> um, and he's gotten better as he's gotten older. I got to give him that. You know, he's he's made leaps and bounds in 
in ways that I never thought were possible. I mean, I love this kid. I love them both, but this one kind of reminds me of me when I was young. So maybe that's why he gets under my skin sometimes, but but not lately, because he's really turning into a fine young man, and and he'll be a good a good adult and a good father and husband as will the other one. But this one, um, instead of asking me, we just do things, and then you know uh, outcome based, uh, <laughs> um, you know everything was outcome based and um, pushing it to the limit and. Um, I remember one time we had a discussion and he wanted to climb a tree. It was a short tree. I think it was probably maybe all 10 feet, but I didn't want him going up it. You know, I figured, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a new grandfather here. I, you know, I don't know how much my, my stepdaughter would allow me to, you know, have, take the reins, so to speak, and, and this whole thing. And, and, um, so I'm just going to err on the side of caution. So I told him, no, you can't climb the tree. Um, you know, well, you know, a couple minutes later, well, I want to climb the tree. No, you can't climb the tree. And then, uh, well, my dad lets me. And I said, well, we, when your dad comes home, you ask him and you climb the tree. And then I kind of shocked him because he he came up and he said, what would you do if I fell out of that tree? I said, well, I wouldn't feel bad for you. And he goes, you wouldn't. And I go, oh, boy, this is going to get back to his mother. <laughs> and uh, I said, don't get me wrong. I said, you know, I, if you were hurt, I would take care of you. I would take you to the doctor, to the hospital. If you had a cut, I would put a Band-Aid on it, you know, stuff like that. If you broke your arm, I would split it and then take you to the hospital and stuff like that. But I wouldn't feel bad. And he goes, well, well, why would you feel bad? And I said, because I've told you 10 times not to climb that tree and you did it, right? He goes, well, yeah, I guess. And I go, doesn't that make sense? Well, yeah, it does. And so I finally got through to him. So, you know, what works works with one person doesn't necessarily work with another. And that's the same thing with adults. Um, when when you, you some adults, you could you could just sit down and say, hey, can I can I talk with you for a second? You know, you said this earlier and I, I found it kind of offensive or you did this. And, you know, I I don't think that you kind of treated that patient correctly. You know, can we talk about it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go in and talk about it. You know, there's some guys at work that are incredible, man. I love working with them because we all work together as a team and and they don't dismiss anything that you say because you've said it. You know, they 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 want to know what everybody else thinks. And then we all get together with a meeting of the minds and we take an action. And we've been told several times that we're the best team in the hospital. Okay. So that bears witness right there. But anyway, um, you know, so I, there's some I could talk with like that. There's others. I have to say, you know what, what you did was wrong and you really need to go apologize to that person, you know? And, uh, well, I don't think I did. And I said, well, you know, I do, and I think that, you know, when you think it through, so you don't have to apologize right now, but when you think it through, go, th- go think about it, uh, and then go over and apologize to them, and then they'll do that. Um, there's been a couple of people where there's just no talking to them, you know, and um, if, if you bring it up, you're, you're being a racist or you're being mean, um, you're you're a cranky old man and stuff like that 
And I just, I just write letters to supervisors and say, this happened. Can you take care of it? Because I, I can't deal with this kind of person. And, and that usually turns out pretty good actually. But, um, so, you know, there's, there's some kids when I was growing up anyway, cause you can't spank kids anymore cause you can go to jail for that. Um, and, and some people do get carried away. So I can, I can see the reasoning behind it, but not every spanking is, uh, there's spanking and there's hitting. Okay. But, um, <clears throat> some kids you can talk to, some kids need, need the belt. Some kids need a good slap in the behind, you know? Um, I can remember, um, I got the belt several times, um, when I was younger. One time it was for a bad report card and that wasn't right. I would never do anything like that to a kid for a bad report card. But, um, I, I brought a bad report card home. My dad, you know, who had been trying to tell me to study harder and stuff like that, finally got fed up, told me to go in the other room, pull my pants down. He took his belt out and he hit me with the belt on the rear end. And, um, while I don't agree with that, I understand it. And years later, I mean, and this is just matter of fact, this is just before he went and had a surgery that he never really recovered from. Uh, we were sitting there one day and I said, you know what? I just want to thank you for hitting me with the belt. And he goes, Oh, you know, he says, I felt bad about that for years. You were a good kid and didn't deserve that. And I said, the reason I became a good kid is because you hit me with the belt. <laughs> I said, you don't know what was going on in my head, how I wanted to rebel and everything. I said, you might have gotten a little bit of an idea, and that's why you used the belt. But um, had you not used the belt, I might have turned out a lot worse than I did. And so I want to thank. And again, uh, I don't think you deserve that. And I says, well, we can have our differences of opinion, but I want to thank you anyway. So, um, <clears throat> and the reason this world is going down the crapper is because everybody's afraid of, of, of offending everybody else, you know, and that's why the bullies are getting away with bullying because you don't want to approach the bullies because you might offend the bully. Now that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Um, <clears throat> when I was a kid, let's see, that was at Franklin school. That probably would have been up, up to third grade. Um, it's probably second or third grade. There's this kid, uh, Paul Novello. And we later became really good friends, and it was after this this thing happened. But um, <clears throat> he was picking on me all the time. I wore glasses, and and I was kind of coy back at that time. And um, and I can't even remember how he used to pick on me. It's been so long now. But and I went home one day, and I was just really downcast. And I my dad asked me what was going on. I said, Ah, oh, this kid, you know, he's he's pushing me around every once in a while, and. You know, he's saying mean things to me and stuff. Dad goes, come out in the backyard. <clears throat> so I went in the backyard and he goes, stood there and he goes, I want you to hit me. I said, why? You're my dad. I'm not going to hit you. No, I want you to hit me. So I went to throw a punch at him and he blocked it. And he goes, okay, that's how you block a punch. Then here's how you give one. And he showed me several moves about, you know, uh, um, a right hook, a left hook, um, a punch into the solar plexus, um, not nothing like punching into the neck or anything like that. He didn't want me to kill anybody, but um, so he taught me some really good punching moves. Well, I went to school the next week, and Paul Novello decided that he was going to start in again. 
And I walked up to him and I gave, I came up with an uppercut into his solar plexus and he bent over and he fell to the ground and I ran out of the playground. I thought I killed him. Then I ran home to, uh, well, it was our home for a little while, kind of a pseudo home. It was my aunt's house and we would go there for lunch and stuff. And, um, you know, so my mom brought me back to school and Paul was okay. But, um, after that, never picked on me again. And nobody in school picked on me again after that because they realized that I wasn't going to take it anymore. And that's how you cure bullying. And if you can't do it on your own, you get about five or six kids to beat the snot out of somebody. Oh, I could hear it now. There's some ladies listening to this and maybe some guys. Oh, you're teaching how to how to be violent and stuff like that. Well, we live in a violent, fallen world. We live in a world where people like to pick on other people, where they take advantage of other people, where they like to have dominion over other people. So they treat them meanly. So you can't treat that with kindness. It doesn't work to talk to people like that. Most of these people are sociopaths or future psychopaths. and the only thing that they understand is, is force. Okay. It's the only thing. They, that's why the Israelis are still alive over in Israel. They meet force with force. You know, <clears throat> the Israelis, yeah, they could turn the other cheek if they wanted to, but they know that in that part of the world, that doesn't work. Actually, it doesn't work in any part of the world. It may appear to, to work every once in a while in the West, but um, when push comes to shove, basically, so to speak, it's, it, um, it it always pays to to, um, to come at somebody with force, if not with words, then with uh, with physical force. But um, so the only way you're going to cure bullying in this country is to bully back or to straighten out the bully, basically. And um, that's that's all that's going to work. I'm sorry, but um, there was a guy <clears throat> back in the 50s. His name was Dr. Benjamin Spock, and he wrote a book that he later recanted. He said he was sorry he wrote it because, and he even admitted that he thinks he ruined a whole generation of kids because it was basically, you don't, you don't spank your kids. You don't do this. You don't do that. And, um, unfortunately I think since, <clears throat> since the beginning of the American Republic, um, our generation, my generation was one of the first ones that, you know, we were all pacifists or, or we were out, um, you know, uh, we produced people like the Son of Sam and John Wayne Casey and and uh, Ted Bundy. You know, all those people were produced in my generation. And it's only getting worse and worse as time goes on, too, because uh, in my generation, you could you could spank a kid or or something like that. Nowadays, you can't even do that. You can't even look at them cross-eyed, you know. I had a laugh one day. Um, one of my grandkids was on one of our um, recliners and he was jumping up and down on it. And I just turned my head and I said, don't do that. You know, and he made a comment. What was it? When I'm at home, I can do stuff. But when I go to grandma and grandpa's house, I get yelled at. And I'm like, oh, you want to know what yelling is? I didn't do anything. But um, and then I remember um, and, and, and our grandkids the older ones that, you know, that I've had to interface with a lot more, I think they respect me. I really do. I, um, I remember one time, uh, uh, one of the older ones, he's older now. Um, not the oldest, but, 
um, we took them out to dinner, and then we were going to go by H&R Block and drop some paperwork off. And uh, he was he was having a tantrum a time in in the Mexican restaurant, and uh, so he acted like he didn't want to eat his food. And I said, "You're not going to eat that." And he goes, "No." And I picked up the plate. I called the waitress. And said, he doesn't want this. Take it back. Well, what do you want? And I said, "Just he doesn't he doesn't want to eat. Just take it. It's okay. I'll pay for it. No big deal." And boy, I'm telling you, oh, you just took away the best thing that I I enjoy eating so much, and you just took that away from me. And you know, and I said, don't make a scene in here. Where do we get out to the car? So you know, we finished eating while he sat there, and um, we got out to the car. And he, you know, I was getting ready to drive, and he's back there pouting with his arms crossed, almost crying. And he says, you just ruined my whole day. You just I, I just wanted to eat. I, and I said, first of all, you said you didn't want to eat. Well, I did. I wanted to eat. And I said, I said, well, I said, he goes, and he said, this is so unfair, you know. And and I said, well, you want to know what's unfair? And he goes, what? And I said, what's unfair is that when I was your age, if I was sitting in that back seat acting the way you are, my dad would have pulled the car over, would have pulled me out of the car, and would have spanked me in front of everybody. I said, that's not happening to you. I said, that's what's unfair. Boy, did he get quiet quick. And um, when I got the H&R Block, I went inside. My wife had a talk with him, and everything seemed to be pretty good after that. But I think that he respects me for doing that, as strange as that might sound. Um, he saw that I wasn't going to give in to him, that I wasn't going to um, play the game, so to speak. And that there were ramifications for his actions. And I think that taught him something because we're really good friends now. <laughs> we're, you know, the kid loves me and I love him. And um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have grandkids that I, you know, they're, they're all fantastic. I, I can't say, you know, even growing up, you know, I had a cousin that was kind of, Kind of an idiot, jerk. I won't say idiot. He was smart. Um, he's passed on. But we were growing up. He was a jerk to me, you know, and and stuff like that. So, we, you know, we all had relatives that were subpar. Let's put it that way. But I can't think of one grandkid that I disrespect or disregard in, in our whole family. I really can't. Uh, their parents have done a wonderful job bringing them up. The parents have all been Christians since they were very young. And I mean born again, too. I don't mean they were born into a Christian family or anything. All these people have knowledge um, knowingly and responsibly accepted Jesus into their hearts, um, as has have most of the grandkids, the ones that have are under, able to understand what that's all about. And, um, you know, I could brag on them a lot because they're they're wonderful. They really are. And um, sometimes I forget the blessings that all, all the arrows in, in um, my quiver, so to speak. And um, I really do respect them and I do love them. And I think that if uh, people would just start doing that, um, treating their kids not as their friends. Your kids are not your friends. Okay. Your kids are your kids. Your friends are your friends. There's two different things. Later in life, when your kids get mature, they can become your friends. Even, you know, as early as 18 or something like that. But before then, they're your kids. They're, 
They're your responsibility. They're something that God has put into your life to raise up the right way. Bring a child up in the way he should go, and when he gets older, he will not depart from it. And there is so much truth in that that um, so many lives can exhibit that truth um, to where it can never be refuted. But it's also the opposite, too, that if you don't, if you bring up a kid in a way he's not supposed to go, when he gets old, he will not depart from that either. So it goes both ways. Okay. Uh, thank God there's the intervention of the Holy Spirit and there's Jesus who could straighten people like me out. Um, and hopefully at an early age. Um, I was 20 before I realized that I was not the, um, the gift, God's gift to mankind. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it took a lot of heartache in order for me to realize that, um, God had to break me. He actually had to break me down into my, um, my various different components in order to show me I had to hit rock bottom and, um, it um, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't uh, a lot of drugs were involved. A lot of um, a lot of things. And um, my life is something that I hope to prevent grandkids from doing. And um, it's I, in a way I'm kind of enriched because I've gone through that and I can spot things. Um, so you know I, we can hit things off or hit things off early. Um, but at the same time, you know, keeping them in prayer and explaining to them, these are the mistakes that I make. Please don't make them because your life will be hell. And then you're going to have a lot to feel bad about when you get older. But except for the grace of Jesus, that kind of cleans you up and takes that all away. Thank you, Lord. But um, anyway, so, you know, I probably haven't said anything tonight that you haven't heard of already or done already or anything else, but there might be some of you out there that get really frustrated with people on Facebook and you got to realize that there's idiots out there and there always will be till Jesus comes back and probably after that too, actually. But, um, we just got to learn to, to, uh, deal with them in an effective manner or ignore them. One of the two, um, if you're finding that you're getting on social media and social media is ticking you off, well then get off of it. <laughs> Um, we, um, recently just got rid of our dish network. We realized that, um, the content that was, it was getting worse and worse, especially the commercials, um, were getting rank. I mean, terrible. And, um, we were, we saw that we were constantly having the homosexual agenda uh, jammed down our throat, um, liberal agenda jammed down our, th- our throat, excuse me. And uh, we decided we were, you know, no more. Sorry, this ain't happening anymore. So we got rid of it. Now we can go to YouTube and pick and choose what we want to watch. We can go to Netflix and pick and choose what we want to watch. Um, and most of those things you can skip through commercials, which is really nice. Um, so there are things you can do to, to, to clean your life up and to... And to get away from bad influences, unfortunately, you can't get away from newspapers because they're going to keep printing garbage. And But you can find good uh, news sources that will tell you the truth. Um, I don't like being lied to, and that's all papers do anymore is they lie to you. And the news media and stuff like that. Uh, 
I um, even Fox News. Oh, I get so tired of. Oh, Fox News is so good. No, they're not. They're not good at all. There's maybe a couple of good commentators on there, but the rest of them are schmucks. So um, we um, we have to pick and choose what we believe. We have to rightly divide the truth, which is what the what the Spirit of God tells us and what the Bible tells us. We have to discern what's good fruit and what's bad fruit. You know, and unfortunately, we have to do that with a lot of Christians nowadays and in churches. You know, it's 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 really sad to see the bad fruit that's growing on some people, you know, in, in congregations that you go to. I'm, I'm really happy that our congregation, um, we, we didn't go for a couple of years because of our schedules and stuff like that. And I, I rarely get to go. But um, in those last couple of years, um, the Lord has done an amazing house cleaning. Um it was weird because we'd go to church and um, there was one guy that we used to um, was almost assaultive uh, with the way he would try to uh, preach his praetorist um, doctrine to me. Um, the other um, people that, um, that I mentioned earlier that um, were real assertive. Um, one time the guy walked up and said he wanted to be a missionary to the, the Muslims and all I said was, well, you know, just research that and be careful, you know. And right away I was prejudiced. And I'm like, how was that prejudice? Well, anyway, he was a young guy that just didn't think before he spoke. And um, always been, you ever, I don't know, you go to church or something or you get into it with a group of Christians and there's always one or two that you just, you just wonder about. You just kind of. You know, or why are they here? What are they accomplishing? You know, and I mean, they could be pulling in bucks for the church. They could be missionaries or whatever. But you wonder what their, you know, what their, the, the true meaning is, what the true purpose is. And, and um, you know, I, I'll admit the first one that I've been wrong. But um, I don't know. There's just some people that when the radar signal comes back and it's, uh, the radar signal says it's a dove. It's really a uh, pterodactyl flying up there. Um, so, you know, we, we got to be so careful anymore in everything we do and everything we say. Um, for those of you who are younger and you're maybe new believers, there used to be a time when you can go to church and and you could count on 99% of the people being, you know, uh, people that you, you could trust your life with and, and people that you would take counsel from, but for nowadays, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, um, they should have somebody in every church or one or two people that are, <clears throat> that are, um, biblically literate and doctrinally sound that they could send new believers to. Because I feel that there's a lot of new sheep that come into the kingdom and they get sent to the wrong, um, the wrong disciple or, or whatever, and um, it'll ruin them for life. But uh, um, if, if Eric's right and and um, Mark Taylor's right, the end of the 501c3 church is coming, and when that happens, um, it's, it's going to be a good thing. Um, a lot of people see it as a bad thing because. Uh, 
they're going to think that the government is, uh, is trying to take over the churches. But in effect, what the government's going to be doing is taking away um, the right of people to take over churches because they're the biggest givers in the church, so to speak. Um, there's a lot of people that give a lot of money because they can write it off in taxes. And when that's taken away, then um, you're going to see a mass exodus of the richest people in the church leaving. And uh, it might lead to a lot more purity in the church. It really it really may. So, But, um, you know, I exhort you, if you go to church and you, you see somebody that's promoting... Um, a, what is there, A.J. Rowland's books, um, uh, the one with the wicked, the wicked stuff in it, Harry Potter. If they're promoting that or they're promoting some books that are teaching false doctrine, like The Shack or, or other books like that, you know, um, you know, just pray that the Lord will show these people or ask the Lord to show, help you to show them, um, maybe pull them aside and just, and believe me, you're not going to convince everybody, and you're probably going to make some enemies. So get used to it. But um, <clears throat> the Lord started probably about 20 years ago, maybe even farther than that. Yeah, farther back in the mid-90s, I would say. Starting to separate the sheep from the wolves in the, in the churches and starting to expose the um, tares for the, from the wheat. And um, he's been really faithful to do that. And the uh, tares are starting to reveal themselves more and more um, as as the church matures and the wheat matures in the church. So do the tares. And as tares um, mature, they they look nothing like wheat. And so it's getting easier to pick out the tares that are in the church. And, and it's getting easier to notice the wolves for what they are because the sheep's clothing isn't fitting them anymore. And uh, they're starting to look like wolves again. <clears throat> But um, I better get off this thing because I think my voice is starting to go away. <clears throat> so anyway, it's been an enjoyable hour and a half. It's been an hour, 13, 30 minutes and almost 30 seconds. Um, I hope that it's been a pr productive show. I hope that um, maybe you've gleaned something from it. Maybe it's confirmed something in you that you've been thinking for a while. Um, and maybe it's just entertained you. That, that's going to be good, too. So anyway, um, if I get a chance, I'll do another one of these if the Lord leads me to. But um, Monday night, uh, Jim and I will, and Eric will get together, hopefully Brian. Um, I hope you guys are really enjoying Brian. I, I really enjoy Brian. He um, he almost brings, um, well, Jim's a pastor too, but Brian brings a, um, a new kind of pastoral um, look into the, into the radio show. He's uh, very authoritative. And um, and very prophetic. And as time goes on, um, he might even start giving words over the air. Um, hopefully everybody will be okay with that. But um, Brian has walked with the Lord for, I think, what did he say, 43 years. Um, and he's very astute. He knows the voice of the Lord very well. And um, he's just a, a great human being. He's a really nice guy. He really is. And I'm proud to call him my friend. And in um, some ways we're related and we can talk about that someday if Brian wants to talk about it, he can. But um, so anyway, um, 
you folks have a wonderful rest of the weekend, okay? And and be blessed. And, and just know that Yeshua loves you. Jesus loves you. And um, that he's got his best for you. And um, that uh, if you love him, he loves you. And if he loves you, then he's going to do everything he can to to bring you into perfect alignment with him. And that might be painful from time to time. Um, I've been melted down and had the dross taken off the top of me several times. And I fully expect it to happen a time or two again before I finally go to glory to be with him. Um, if not, that would be nice, but, um, those are painful times whenever heat's applied it, um, it's, it's painful, but, um, it is definitely worth it. And, um, and since he's the master potter, sometimes he sees something imperfect in the pot and he decides to remake the pot. So get ready for that too. That could happen. But, um, like I said, he does all things for your good and for his good. And hopefully both of those things are the same if you're walking rightly with him. And if not, just get on your knees and repent and ask him to forgive you. He's 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 a master at that. <laughs> when he died on the cross, he died on your future, past, and current sins. So um, don't forget to take advantage of his offer because it's good for eternity. And if you were called by him and you're one of his, then there is no... There is no uh, falling away. Um, God's not a some sadistic, um, some sadistic God who's going to bring you to faith and then let you fall flat on your face. No, if you've been called from before the foundation of the universe, before the foundation of the earth, then you've been called forever. And I think a lot of you know that. You just don't know how to express it. Um, maybe I'll have a show one day where I talk about what happened to me. Um, um, it's kind of personal, and a lot of you probably think I'm a nut for telling you, but um, but I'm not going to do that tonight. So um, anyway, have a blessed weekend, and uh, may God give you everything that He has for you spiritually. And if He has some, if you have some wants instead of some needs that He thinks it's okay for you to have, then I hope you get those. And I pray that in the mighty, holy, and precious name of Yeshua Hamashiach a.k.a. Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Have a great weekend, folks. God bless. Good night.